Hello, everybody. Glad to have you with me. This is the Down South IT Podcast. My name is Clark. And after some technical difficulties, because Audacity was giving me some some lip, shall I say, and I had to end up recording a little later than I really wanted to, here we are back with a new episode, and I think it's actually a a good one because most people don't think of doing what I'm going to talk about today, and that is, can you actually use your TV as a gaming monitor? And actually, the... It's a little bit more in-depth than you would think, but I can promise you by the end of this, you may just want to try it. Now, of course, it just wouldn't be one of my podcasts without me throwing in a top five, throwing in here or there. So at the end, I will throw out my top five gaming-centric TVs. So whether you have a console and you want it to look better or have better performance, or whether you're actually going to hook this up to a gaming PC, These are some ones that you want to look for, and I'm also going to go over what you can look for in a TV to make it a better prospect for using it as a monitor or a gaming gaming rig. But before we get into any of that, don't forget, check out the website, DownSouthITPodcast.com. You can hit up anything on there, all the build guides, catch up on past episodes, and if you really want to go over all of the stuff that I'm going to talk about today, including the top five at the end, Everything will be there with links and all of that. You know the you know the routine. You can go to the show prep right underneath the embedded player. Everything's right there for you. You can go download it. It's a nice little PDF, and you can peruse it to your heart's content. And while you're on our website, don't forget to check out the, the link at the top of the page to head to the store. I have classic t-shirts on sale for $17.99. Bunch of different designs on there. Really cool stuff. If you want to help out the podcast and support the channel, you can. Really cool stuff on there. Go grab something, support your boy, help me out, and that helps me do some future builds later on because I got a couple of things in mind, but they're a little on the expensive side, so I kind of need a little bit of help, and that's where you come in, and you can get some good stuff and good merch too. So we can all help each other. Just head out to the store. Link's at the top of the page, downsouthitpodcast.com. So jumping into the deep end of the pool, can you actually use a TV as a gaming monitor? Yes, you can. Short answer, yes, you can. Now, granted, there are some caveats and a few things that you need to take into consideration when you are doing that, but it can be done. And you can even do it on a not-so-high-end TV. I mean, granted, there are some TVs that can play consoles just fine. And it really depends on the console that you're running also. So there's a few caveats here, but in the short answer is, yes, you can. The biggest thing that you want to make sure you can do is make sure that you have an either an HDMI port, a display port, you know, some kind of port on it to where you can actually play whatever console or PC you're playing from. Most of the time, if you have HDMI, you will be perfectly fine. Other than that, if you have something different, like a display port, then you may need an adapter, which may come to, you know, 10 or 15 bucks, give or take, depending on which one you deal with. Now, if you do that, you may lose a little bit of bandwidth on that cable, but for the most part, it really won't affect your resolution or your gameplay or anything like that, at least now. If you're trying to play in 4K, that may be a little bit of a stretch. You know, if you have an adapter in there, that might be something a little bit too, too much for that to handle. But if you're playing in just regular HD 1080 or even 1440 in some instances, 
an adapter really won't hurt you all that much. So once you have your ports and your cables sorted, what do you do? Can you get more performance with your current TV? And really it depends on the model of the TV. That re It really does, because different models are gonna have different settings, but a lot of most modern TVs now, especially flat screens, LCDs, OLEDs, have either a PC setting or a game setting. And what those do basically is those cut down on latency, and that's actually a good thing because that way, as you're playing video or as you're playing a game, if you're streaming a TV show, something along that line, that basically lets the TV take in the information from your console or your computer as fast as it possibly can to display it so everything runs a lot smoother. You don't get any drop frames, anything like that. So low latency is a very good thing. The other thing that it usually does is it changes the color gamut. That also lets the games become a lot more rich as far as the colors. Everything's a lot more saturated, makes things look a lot better, make it pop. And if you, especially if you're watching video, it could turn HDR on if your TV supports that function. And that, again, will help a lot of the contrast and make lights and darks a lot more pop a lot more. So having that that on does help gameplay a lot. It gets it a lot more immersive for you as you're playing or as you're watching a movie. So stuff like that is a really good thing. You want to take advantage of those settings if your TV does have those. So let's back up just a bit and say you got a nice shiny new PS5 or an Xbox Series X for Christmas and you want to play it on your TV. You, you want to make sure everything is good. What are some things to look for, you know, on your TV besides the game, you know, or the PC settings that are already on it? Or even if you went the other route and you already had the next gen console, but you're looking for a new TV and you want to be able to play that new console on it and have it run at its peak performance. What are some things that you look for in a new TV? Well, first thing you want to look for is resolution. Will the device that you're planning to, to use play on the, the resolution of the TV? So if you have a Xbox Series X or if you have a PS5, those will play in 4K. Is it a 4K TV? Or will you have to cut the resolution down to either 1440 or 1080 and play at a lower but still high definition resolution? Now again, this will depend on your TV and your console, depending on what you have, but there are some reasons where you may wanna have a 4K TV and play it down. And one of those things is the refresh rate. That is very important whenever you're getting into a, a especially using a TV as a monitor, and your refresh rate is gonna be in Hertz. That's actually how many times per second the screen can change or pull up a new frame. So the higher the refresh rate, the smoother the playback is going to be as far as your games or your movies go. And believe it or not, the more frames that you can get from the TV, the more information you have as you're playing your game. So it, it depends, again, on the refresh rate of the device you're playing off of, your console or your, or your computer, but it also depends on the refresh rate of the TV itself. Now, the TVs are going to be a little bit different because those, for the most part, 
are going to be a lot slower than a normal, say, if you just went and bought a strictly gaming monitor. Those are going to be IPS panels. They're going to be really, really high refresh rates, 144 hertz, you know, 240 hertz, 360 hertz. They're going to be really, really fast in that way. The only bad thing with those is usually the colors are not going to be quite as accurate. Everything's going to be washed out a little bit. So you're kind of giving up frame rate and hertz, you know, your free refresh rate for your color accuracy and, you know, the believability and the saturation of color. When you use a TV, the refresh rate is going to be a little bit lower, but it's still going to be a really good experience because you have usually a much better panel. You have a much better screen that you're dealing with. So you may only have a 60 hertz TV, but if you turn that gaming setting on, it may bump it up to 120. And if that's the case, then you're really going to be in business. Now, all the TVs that I'm going to do in my top five later on are going to be, you know, either 60 or 120 hertz. I will tell you each one, which one it is, all of the different features, that kind of thing. Again, if you want to check that out, everything will be on the show prep on the website, downsouthitpodcast.com. You can check out everything right there and follow along as we go. So again, the refresh rate is going to be very important because a lot of, especially next gen consoles, most of them are rated for 120 hertz at 4K resolution. Most TVs now, they'll have the ability to do 4K resolution. But for most of them, they won't be able to push quite as much as the refresh rate as your console. And that's okay. It's actually, to, to be honest, it's better to have one or the other have a lot more, a lot better refresh rate. It's usually better for the TV or the screen to have a higher refresh rate than the device pushing it. But for the most part, it's okay if it's the other way around too. It's just the TV won't be able to keep up with the console or the PC, depending on what you have it hooked to. And really and truly, that's okay. It's not a, it's not going to hurt anything. But if you can help it, at least try to get them to be the same. If you can run one at 60 and one at uh, 120, or if they both run at 120, you want to run them both at 120. You want them to match as best as possible. But if they can't, there's not a whole lot you can do about it. It's just, you know, you got to work with what you have. Just take that into consideration whenever you're setting up your devices and just kind of have that in the back of your mind when you're going through some of the display settings. Something else you always want to look at is the backlight. You want to look, see what kind of backlight is used in the TV. And it could be several different ones. Usually the LED ones, they have several LED pods within the back of the TV to light up the entire screen. The old school way was to have LED light bars on each corner and on each side that would shoot toward the middle. And that's not how it is anymore. Most of them have white LED lights behind the screen and they they're set in an array. So they'll have one or two every few inches from top to bottom. That way the entire screen is covered behind it. And one thing that you want to look for is local array dimming. That means that the TV itself, if there's black on the screen, it can turn those backlights off. If the TV has direct backlights, then those can't be turned off. So you're always going to see kind of a dark gray instead of a true black 
whenever you're in a dark room or you're showing something dark on screen in a movie or something. So it's better to have local array dimming. It does help with the picture and some what they call a halo effect. If you have something bright in on a dark background, you can really see it. And for the most part, you really won't notice something like that unless you're really, really looking for it. But once you see it, a lot of times you can't not see it. It's one of those kind of things. So if all else fails, look for something that has local array dimming so those backlights can turn off. Or even if you have an OLED or a QLED, most QLEDs have local array dimming or an OLED, those pixels just turn off completely. So that's why OLEDs have the deepest blacks because they can turn the pixels completely off in dark environments. So that's something you want to look at too. And again, that, that leads into what type of screen. Is it an LCD? Is it an OLED? OLEDs are going to be a lot more expensive. So those are going to be your really pricey TVs. They're going to have really great colors. They're going to have deep blacks. They're going to have the local array dimming. So everything will look great. A lot of the, a lot of the newer ones now also have HDR. So the, the whites and the, the darks pop that much more. Granted, a lot of the HDR certifications are kind of paper tigers at this point. You know, they can kind of make them up. There's really no standard for HDR quite yet. Or if it is, it's kind of still, it's still very, it's a gray area, to be honest, any kind of HDR certification. But if you go into the cheaper TVs, which is the LCDs, or even if you do like the, the LEDs, you know, the, the quantum dot stuff, those have the local array dimming also, and those have a lot of really good colors. There, I mean, there's really, really nice QLED TVs. There's some really nice panels for some LCD TVs, but each has their own advantages and each has their own drawbacks. So you kind of got to see what you're working with and what you have again, or if you're looking for something new, you know, do you want to spend that extra money on that OLED? You know, it, it depends. It, what kind of room do you have? That that's another thing too. Do you have a lot of light in your house in that room that you're going to be using this TV? You know, OLEDs are good in really dark rooms. They're not very good in light, very well lit rooms. LCDs and LEDs work a lot better in a in a bright room. So it kind of depends on what room you're, what type of room you're using it in, as to whether or not you know what you should look for. Now, going through all of this, usually you're going to only have two types of ports that you're going to be working with. One is going to be HDMI, which most people know about now. And the other one is DisplayPort. And Display is going to be mostly if you're hooking up a PC to your, your computer. You know, we used to use the old blue VGA cables and SVGA, you know, or, or even if you were really fancy, you got DVI. So those are all, you know, the old school, some analog, some digital DVI was a digital interface. DisplayPort is a completely digital interface. And the really the big difference between both of them, because they both carry audio and and display, you know, as far as the cable goes. The big difference is that DisplayPort uses kind of the same principles as an Ethernet cable. Everything travels in packets. That's really the main difference between the two. Another difference is the actual updates that each of these has. So you have regular DisplayPort 1.1, 1.2, 1.4, but you also have HDMI, HDMI 2.0, 2.1, 
And with those new standards, they all use the same connector. HDMI, all of the different versions use the same connector, all of the same cables, you know, that kind of thing. Display port, same thing. They use the same cable, same type of port, but the updates on them is a little bit different. HDMI, the actual plug that you plug into is going to be different as well as the interface because with each progressive version update, they're going to use more pairs off of that cable. With DisplayPort, most of those cables and everything can be done and updates can be done in software. HDMI can't. It's going to be a hardware interface change. So the plug is going to be different. So if you have a HDMI 2.1 plug, they might be they will be backwards compatible with 2.0 and 1.1 and all of that, but you can't go the other way around. You can't get a USB 2.0 certified cable for a 2.1 device. It won't reach its full potential because all of the pairs may not be connected. So it's it's a little bit of a struggle as far as trying to find the right cables and different things on an HDMI side. But if you're using DisplayPort for a PC, at least you can use the same cable and most everything else is done in software. So a little bit of a difference there. I mean, it's not going to be a big difference in this application with TVs and stuff like that. But just to kind of give you some background on it and some differences of them, that's kind of what I really wanted to get get across. So just kind of keep that in mind whenever you're getting cables. You don't have to get the most expensive cables, but just make sure that it's rated for whatever your TV says that it's rated for. Because that is a big selling point and they will put that directly on the box. They will make sure it says HDMI 2.1 or you know HDMI 2.0 or whatever it happens to be. They'll have that fairly prominently displayed on the packaging so you'll be able to tell. So basically to sum up, can you use your TV as a gaming monitor? Yes, you can. The only thing you really need to kind of look at is does your TV have a gaming or a PC setting that you can usually get to have lower latencies and adjust your picture qualities. You want to, if you're in the market for a newer TV and you kind of want to look around, you want to look for refresh rate, what type of HDMI interface it has so you can get the correct cables. And pretty much other than that, there's really not a whole lot else to it other than going out and looking at different ones to see which ones you like. I almost hate to bring up that it's personal preference, but it really is. You know, some TVs look better to some people than others, and you have to pick the one that you like. And this is why I always stress to people, you know, go to Walmart, go to Best Buy, go to Target, wherever they have demos of TVs set up, go look at some, see which ones you like, you know, see which ones have the colors that you like, because some have different settings and there are different technologies out there. Again, QLED, OLEDs, LEDs, LCDs. It just depends on what you like and what's, you know, again, and not only what you like, but your budget. You know, it, that has a lot to do with it too, but you can get a lot, of, a lot of TV for not a lot of money these days. Even with all of the crazy inflation and trying to get stuff off the coast of California because it's stuck out in a container ship and, you know, supply chain issues and all of that. You can still get a fairly decent TV, even for gaming, for not a whole lot of money. And that, that's a good thing. And I, that will definitely help out a lot of people. And I do have 
on my top five that I'm going to go through in just a couple of minutes, I have options from several different budget categories. So, you know, something in here you can probably fit in your budget. So we'll go over that in just a second. But again, like I said, if you really wanted to do this or you wanted to get the most out of your next gen console, it is possible. It's fairly easy to do. And a lot of it is just a little bit of research and then playing around in the settings of your TV. If you want to get a new one, that's all well and good. Great. I really don't have a problem with that. If you want to use the, the one you have now, that's awesome too. You know, save a little bit of money. That That's important right now also. But if you want to get the most out of it, tweak the settings a little bit. You know, change it into a gaming mode if you're putting a console on it. Give it a try. See if you like it. It might You might not like it. Some some TVs have, you know, motion enhancing software and stuff like that that runs on a gaming uh, setting. You might not like it. It may look too smooth. It may look too kind of fluidy. I've, and, and I know that's a very technical term, but it does happen. And I've seen it on some TVs. Some TVs look weird when they have that motion blur stuff on. And I don't, I, I don't remember off the top of my head exactly what brands that have it, that the ones that I think are weird. But there is a certain brand. I can't, like I said, I don't think of it off the top of my head. I, I don't mean to slam them or anything. Some people like it. I just happen to find that it's, it's more distracting from watching TV or a movie or anything. Just the way their motion blur stuff works. It's completely, you know, it's my thing. I... It's a definitely a personal preference. Not it has nothing to do with that brand or their tech, technology or anything. It is just a personal preference. So again, that's going to be a lot of what this is. It's personal preference. But if you want to think out the outside the box and get outside the box a little bit and try something new, go for it. What's the big deal? All you got to do if it does if you don't like it, change the setting back. How hard is that? So now, top five, in no particular order. We're going to, and again, if you go into the show prep, I do have links to all of these on here. So if you want to get do that, it's in the show prep, right underneath the embedded player on the website, downsouthitpodcast.com. First up is the LG OLED 65G1 series. Most of these are going to be fairly big TVs, uh, unless we get into the kind of the budget ones. But most of these are going to be 55 or 65 inch. This one happens to be a 65 inch. It's an OLED HDR 10 certified 120 hertz has web OS on it. So you can use it as a smart TV. It does have streaming channels and stuff like that, that you can get it. It's compatible with most of the smart assistants that are out there. Alexa, Google, those types. And it does have a gallery screensaver. So if whenever you're not using it, you can keep it on and it brings up nice pretty pictures to make it look like a photo you know a photo frame on the wall so i thought that was kind of cool but these run about 24.99 so they are pricey but oleds are pricey so if you want kind of a balling gaming tv this was gonna this is gonna be it <laughs> this is the top end i mean you can't get too much more than this other than something that is specifically rated for gaming i think there's a asus or an aorus uh version of a tv that's i think a 55 inch and that one is like 3200 dollars, but it's strictly a gaming tv so this is more kind of an all all of these are going to be kind of more an, an all-in-one good choice if you wanted to do gaming but it's not necessarily that it'll be good for movies too so again lg og oled 65 g1 
pretty much top end of my list. And if like say for this amount of money, you're going to get a lot of bells and whistles. Very nice TV. Very nice. Number four, Samsung QN65QN90A. I, I would love to know where most of these companies get their model numbers from because they're just ridiculous for really the most part. But anyway, this one is a 65-inch 4K QLED TV, smart TV again, full array local dimming, 120 hertz, quantum HDR, which that I have an asterisk by it because... I'm not really sure what that means, and I couldn't find any kind of documentation on exactly what that means. So this is probably one of those gray areas again with that, but Samsung's kind of known for that. But a lot of times if you get a Samsung TV, especially in this price range, and this one is two grand, they're going to have a lot of bells and whistles, and you're going to get a very, very good picture Samsung makes excellent TVs, and they're—I mean—they're pretty much second to none. The the OLEDs that they come out with are amazing. The QLEDs are not far behind the OLEDs. That's about as close to an OLED as you can get without paying for it. <laughs> so you know, again, you get a lot of bells and whistles for for two thousand dollars, but this is a really really nice one. Full smart TV. Again, you can it has all of the download stuff, so you can stream on there. Lots of different channels. They're adding. They usually add more pretty much every time something comes out. So, if you're into streaming and did the cord cutting and all of that, this is something you you can do without a Roku or a Fire Stick. So, something along that line is something to consider. Again, Samsung, very great TVs. Give it a shot if you take a look at it if you really want to. Next up, number three is another Samsung, but this is a completely different tech. This is the UN43TU7000. This is a $328. And I found this one not only at Walmart, but at Best Buy also. And Best Buy, I think, was a little higher, not by much. But it's a 4K, 43-inch, crystal UHD, ultra HD TV, HDR10 Plus certified. has a direct backlight, so it doesn't have the full array local dimming. It's only a 60 hertz screen, but it does have motion rate 120 Again, I got an asterisk next to that because I really couldn't find anything on what that meant. I assume that's something along the lines of that motion blur software that a lot of companies use to kind of even out things and make things flow a lot better. It won't actually give you 120 hertz, but it may look like it. So kind of along that same line, but even at a smaller TV and only 60 hertz, you can still play on it and you know use a game console on it. It is a smart TV, so you do have the Tizen OS on it. It is a really nice TV. The screen is great on them. I've, I've actually seen these in person. So something for that price, you are going to give up a little bit as far as your refresh rate, and you're not going to have the full array local dimming, but the picture is going to be great. So it'll actually be really nice if you decide to go that, and it's not quite as big if you don't have a whole lot of space. For 328 bucks, I mean, the, the price is not bad at all, considering, especially what you're getting. Number two is going to be Sony X85J, and that one's going to be $800, so this is kind of more of a mid-range TV. This one actually comes in, it's a 65-inch, also 4K LED TV, HDR10 Plus certified, 120 hertz. It's a Google Smart TV, so it has Google's Smart TV OS on it. Has Motion Flow XR960, again, that motion blur technology to help everything smooth out. Does have HDMI 2.1 and is rated 
to be able to play 4K 128 hertz games from consoles. So this one is rated to play on a PS5 or an Xbox Series X at 4K 120 hertz. And this is the only one that I found so far that stated that outright in this price range. So if that's something you're looking for, that's actually a good thing. So that's one to look for. Also, again, $800. If you're looking for a 65-inch TV, $800 is usually kind of in that middle ground for TVs. And this one just has the, the added bonus of being able to be certified as far as being 4K 120 hertz for gaming. And number one. This is kind of an odd choice because this one was one that I did not really intend to throw on the list. But whenever I saw it, I was like, well, the specs are there. So why the hell not? So this is going to be the TCL 55 S 546, 380 bucks. It's a 55 inch 4K QLED display. It's only 60 hertz, but it does have full array local dimming. This one again is also a Google smart TV. It has built in Chromecast. It's Dolby Vision HDR Plus 10 certified, has an auto game mode and a variable refresh rate. So when you plug your games in, it'll automatically adjust, you know, the TV to whatever console you're plugging it into. You might not get that 4K 120 hertz, but even if you can get, you know, even if you can get it down 4K 60, that's still not bad either. I mean, a 60, 60 frames per second is very playable, but Again, you're getting you're being that it's a TCL, it is kind of more of a budget brand. But for that price, being that it's a quantum dot QLED TV and you get the full array local dimming, that's actually not really that bad. I mean, really, the only thing you're giving up on this one is the refresh rate being at 60 hertz. If it was 120 hertz, you know, it would probably be five to six hundred dollars and you would be right up there with that sony you know that i just mentioned so if you're in the market this might not be a bad option again like i said for 380 bucks the price is fairly decent especially for what you're getting so it might be one to look at so that's my top five thank you all for listening this has been a really good episode i'm glad you stuck with me to the end like i like to end every podcast a paraphrase from Albert hubbard Technology can replace the work of many people, but it can never replace the work of one extraordinary person. So go out and be extraordinary today. Thank you all for listening. You've been great. I love you. I'll see you right here on the next episode of the Down South IT Podcast. Later. Later.